Welcome back, everybody. We have just wrapped up week zero of college football. We're getting ready to start week one. We just had Christmas Eve. We're getting ready to have Christmas Day. Uh, super excited. Week zero brought a lot of fun action, uh, a lot of great games. We're going to talk about all seven games that happened in the FBS level. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about the Thursday and Friday night games to get you ready for those as well. Uh, and then don't forget to tune in Saturday morning live, 9 a.m. on our YouTube and Twitter or X, whichever we're calling it now. Um, to check out out of the tunnel to get you ready for the Saturday, Sunday, and Monday slate. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we had Rico Nose join us this past week. He was a great guest, had a lot of fun with him. Uh, can't thank him enough for the promotion he put into it. Uh, I think we've gained over 60 TikTok followers since he posted a video on there. Uh, we've gone from 71 to, I think, 89 uh, YouTube subscribers. So, I mean, huge thank you to him. Uh, he was a lot of fun. He was a great guest, brought a lot of knowledge. Uh, and he poked some fun at us and we, you know, kind of a little back and forth, but nonetheless, it was, it was a great time. If you missed it, go check it out. Currently right now is our second most ever viewed uh, out of the tunnel, uh, sitting behind our good friend, Jesse McGee. Also shout out to Jesse. Uh, he just had a, his baby boy today, uh, born this morning. So congratulations to him and his wife, Congrats. Uh, child number two. Uh, look forward to having Jesse back on uh, here soon. Without Dragging this out too much more. Let's go ahead and look at week zero and go over some of these games. Um, one game that we thought was going to be a lot closer was Notre Dame and Navy. We thought it was going to be a, a tight game. The spread was 20 and a half. Thought maybe 14 points at the most. 42 to 3 final score. It was it was never 20 and a half. I, I don't think I think it was well over 20 and a half by halftime. Yeah. Um, so rough, rough day for Navy. Notre Dame's offense looks good. Uh, we'll get into stats and stuff here in a minute. Let's just get through these scores. Jacksonville State and UTEP. Jacksonville State, their first ever FBS game, and they go out there and upset UTEP 17-14. UMass gets their first road victory, uh, I believe, since 19... I have it written down here. Um, first season opener since 1984 that they won. First season opening road win since 1973 that they've won. Uh, and those are F over FBS schools. They've beaten FCS schools, uh, FBS, since 1984. Um, Ohio drops to San Diego State 20 to 13. Uh, Rourke went down early, so that, that was tough to see. Hopefully he can be okay and come back some point this year. San Jose State kind of hung around a little bit with USC. It was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter, uh, but USC pulls away, wins 56-28. Louisiana Tech uh, come from behind victory, and it was a close one, but they win 22-17 to in that game over FIU. And what I would say was the best game of the week, Vanderbilt beats Hawaii 35-28. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but let's go back and look at all these games. Um, so what, what were your thoughts on the Notre Dame-Navy game? I know you, you didn't get to watch too much football this weekend with work, but just your your, your impressions on, on from that game from what you could see. Uh, I wholeheartedly think that the president called the defensive line coach at Notre Dame and asked them to kind of ease up there with about three minutes left in the game because it was going to be the largest waste of taxpayer money shipping all of these midshipmen over there to not score points had it not been for, I think, three and a half minutes left in the game with a bullshit field goal. Um, like you had said, Sam Hartman played a great game. Uh, I think that after the game, he credited his offensive line for uh, the amount of time that he was offered, uh, and that allowed him to kind of really ball out there. Uh, I think it was a great game, and I I'm not sold that – this Notre Dame team is like this stellar team. I just think that they went out there against a much lesser opponent 
and and just took advantage of them. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, like you like you said, I'm, I'm I agree, not hundred percent sold on them yet, and also Sam Hartman. I think they definitely got a lot of attention now, and, and hey, you know, we we were kind of concerned about how they would be to start, and I think those concerns are gone now. From here on out, it's how good is this team really? Um, you know, we only have to wait. Uh, they play NC State uh, September 9th. That's going to be a good game to watch. It's going to be on the road. Uh, and then two weeks after that, they're playing Ohio State at home. Uh, you know, nighttime game. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. So we're going to find out pretty early into the season how for real this Notre Dame team is. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't get any off weeks. Uh, I mean, I know they played Tennessee State this week, but still. Um, <laughs> We, we saw how, how much Notre Dame struggled last year with inferior opponents, FCS, Super 5 opponents. So uh, Notre Dame can't afford to take any off weeks going forward from here. Um, but, yeah, Sam Hartman looked really good. He looked very comfortable in this offense. Um, it's never a question how good Notre Dame's offensive line is going to be. I feel like they're one of the best schools in the country at producing NFL talent at the offensive line uh, group. Uh, and so – but I, I think the, the pure domination they showed on the offensive line, uh, the way where they were able to run the ball, um, was impressive. And then, like you said, Tim Hartman, complimenting how much time he had in that pocket. He, I don't think he was rushed at all, but like maybe a few times. And, and mainly that's just because of how wet it was in the first quarter. You know, guys were trying to get their footing. Um, but it absolutely uh, a great game for them on the offensive side of the ball. Look at the defensive side of the ball. When they played Navy last year, um, they really, really struggled. Um, they gave up a lot of rushing yards. Um, uh, I'm, I believe I'm going to pronounce this wrong, and I apologize. Fafana, Fafana, something like that. Uh, last year, he had 133 yards on his own. This year, he had 32. Uh, so the way Notre Dame's defense was able to step up and really shut down that Navy running game. And once you do that, Navy doesn't have an offense. Um, I will say, I think if they convert that fourth down early uh, on their first drive, where the two wide receivers just put each other out, um, I think looking at maybe a little bit different game, I still think Notre Dame wins, but maybe Navy's offense has enough momentum to get a couple more points on the board here and there. If they convert that fourth down, that plays a touchdown. There was nobody behind them on defense. Uh, so, I mean, right there on the first drive, you have a huge shift in momentum, and maybe we're just never able to rebound from that. Um, but if you look at Notre Dame's total yardage, 444 yards, uh, almost 200 yards rushing. Um, last year, they only had 66 rushing yards against Navy. So, I mean, two shots to Notre Dame for, you know, this is the third time playing Navy in Ireland, and all, all three times now have not been close. Um, so, I mean, shout out to them and a huge week one win over, over a big time rival. Um, moving over to the UTEP Jacksonville State game. Um, like I said, Jacksonville State's first ever FBS level game. Not to take anything away from their victory, but UTEP called the stupidest two play kind of stretch there I've ever seen. Um, they had been running all over Jacksonville State. Kind of, I don't want to say at will, but doing a very good job running the football. Um, they get to a third and one with just, I think, a minute left, uh, and they decide to throw the ball. It was, it was a low percentage, a outside guy run a fade, we're going to throw it up, incomplete pass. They call a timeout, they come over, let's get our fourth down play. Just run the, that's what you would think, right? Um, they go out there and they throw another pass and it's incomplete, they all over. 
Um, at 156 yard rushing or 156 rushing yards, averaging almost four yards per rush. Um, they had uh, 208 yards passing, but they've also thrown two interceptions. I, I just really don't understand that, that play calling there. I mean, Jacksonville State was fired up for this game. They were excited. Um, and UTEP kind of went in. This is two years in a row now where um, this year more so than last year, but UTEP has had high expectations to start the season. Uh, and they've kind of gone out there and shit the bed the last two years in week zero. So um, a lot of head coaching questions there right now, especially after that play calling. Um, you know, you don't watch a group of five games. Did you see anything about this game or any thoughts on this before uh, we, we move on? I was just following it because of the the bet I had put in and stuff. And I, I just – I really expected UTEP to, to kind of score two, three touchdowns in the first half, not yeah. two touchdowns for the game. So um, I would have been fine if UTEP lost this game having scored 21 points and just got out dulled, you know. But the fact that – they had 208 passing yards, only one passing touchdown, uh, two interceptions. Their leading r- running back had 12 carries for 58 yards. I mean, it just looks like they spent the entire game with their defense out there, aside from a couple of long passes. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I did not expect it at all. And so, I mean, hats off to, to Jacksonville State. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and look at this UMass New Mexico State game. This was a really good game back and forth, uh, 10-10 at halftime. UMass uh, puts together two scores to get uh, a field goal and then a touchdown uh, to go up by 10. And from there, the, the chase is on from New Mexico State. They just could not get any, any big stops on defense. They also had two very costly turnovers, um, two interceptions thrown by Pavia. Uh, and, and we talked about this on Saturday morning. You know, if, if he plays well, he can definitely be a very good quarterback and lead this team to victories. But when he's making really – Confusing mistakes. I mean, the two interceptions he thrown were watching the game. I watched it live. I was just very confused on what his thought process was, especially for being, you know, whatever your thoughts are on New Mexico State. It's still a Division One FBS level school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still certain expectations of quarterbacks that go there. Uh, I mean, watching those two plays on their own, it looked like I was watching a, you know, a high schooler kind of go out there and, and, and make poor decisions with the ball. And that, that was like the most confusing part for me to watch. Um, excuse me. They had three total turnovers, but two of them were interceptions. Um, but I mean, they outgained New, or UMass uh, 470 yards to 389. Uh, but giving UMass short fields most of the time is going to help with that. Um, they were able to get an onside kick, I think, late. Uh, by that point, I had turned the game off. I thought it was over. So um, <laughs> I think they got an onside kick, but they weren't able to do anything. And then I know they threw a pick six late. Um, but, I mean, shout out to UMass. Like like we said earlier, um, first season opening road win since 1973. Uh, so that's huge for them. Uh, Don Brown, uh, who I completely forgot was a former Michigan defense coordinator, uh, you know, is, is over there. And he's he's putting a lot of effort into turning this team around. Uh, I mean, a huge statement win to the, for them to start the year. Who knows where he can take this team in a few years? Maybe, you know, three or four years down the road, we could talk about UMass fighting for to be a bowl eligible. Maybe they get a couple lucky breaks this year. I doubt it, but, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where we're going to have to wait and see. Um, let's go to the Ohio-San Diego State game. Uh, like I had mentioned, Rourke got hurt early. He never returned. Uh, from there on out, Ohio could just not establish an offensive rhythm. Um, their backup came in. Um, I'm blanking on his name. 
Harris? Yes, C.J. Harris came in through three interceptions. Um, 18 of 41 for 200 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. That is one crazy stat line. Yeah. 18 uh, receptions for 200 yards, or 18 uh, completions for 200 yards. Yeah. Um, 34.8 QBR rating uh, from that game. So definitely not – and this is not something that you would expect from a QB. They got pretty significant playing time last year. Uh, you know, he played in the MAC championship game. He played in their bowl game. So somebody that should have been comfortable with this offense, and he went out there and he just really looked like, I mean, like he had never done this before. He struggled really hard at times. Um, this this game did give us one of the best moments of the week, though. Uh, early in the first quarter, I think it was only five minutes into the game, San Diego State quarterback rolled out, tried to throw the ball into the flats and just pegged the referee right in the face. Um, yeah. So that was. Um, if you watch our TikTok, we posted we're, – doing uh, awards or we're going to go over some of the awards here at the end of this. Um, but we're going over giving out awards every week, uh, best offense, defense team, and then best moment. And that was the winner of the best moment for this week. Uh, it beat out Miami or uh, Hawaii's zero yard punt. Um, and in the New Mexico state game, at the very end of the game, uh, they were trying to get a touchdown and Pavia's helmet got like completely rotated Ripped around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it must the, have been so painful because you would think you got the helmet or just keep running it out until you get hit. Yeah. He stopped right away and tried to take it off. Yeah, uh, and I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but San Diego State's defense looked really, really good in this game. Um, they they gave up 380 yards, uh, but only 13 points. And like I said, they forced three interceptions, three turnovers. Um, and their offense was... Again, we just talked about New Mexico State outgaining UMass but losing the game. Ohio outgained San Diego State um, 380 to 309. Uh, but those turnovers are just going to kill you every single week. Um, looking at the San Jose State, South, or, uh, South Carolina, San Jose State, Southern California game, USC. Um, like I said, San Jose State was hanging around at first. It was 7 7. The USC might have scored right before the first quarter ended. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a very close game. Still a lot of questions about USC's defense going forward. Uh, we talked about this on Saturday morning. I called their defense atrocious. I was I was corrected on that. I still I still stand by that. I don't think they have a very good defense at all. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the playmakers at this point. If you watch it, it, it is one hundred percent a schematic issue at this point. Um, I mean, it, well, if they get into these games like the Notre Dame, Oregon. Washington, you know, high caliber opponents like that, and they're playing defense to this capacity. That that is what's going to derail their season. Caleb Williams still is great if he can stay healthy. He was limping at one point, so I'm still worried about his ankle. Um, but if their defense is going to play like this, it can absolutely cause issues going forward. And and one thing I wanted to say that I mean I made one of the cash out bets the over for this game. It was like sixty six or something like that. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, they hit it. I mean, they were 10 points off hitting it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm going to bet the over for USC until they prove me otherwise because I like that their defense isn't there because it is going to be impossible for them. I mean, we're going to start seeing them week three, week four, because this upcoming week I think it's at 66 again against Nevada. Yeah. And so, I mean, if they're able to put up 50 points just by themselves and their defense gives up three scores, I mean, it's just – a no-brainer, and I mean, yeah. at, at some point, the books are going to have to start putting the over/under at like seventy-five. Like, we're going to see some crazy over/unders for this team. Yeah. I mean, um, they're like the anti-Iowa. Last year, we took the <laughs> yeah. Iowa under in every game. This year, we're going to take the uh, USC over. Um, Correct. But I mean, the, the 
the biggest concern for me is her rushing defense. I mean, I understand yeah. San Jose State is a very good group of five school. Still, there's a certain talent level, especially at USC, with, with how many transfers and high-end recruits mm-hmm. they bring in. They gave up almost 200 yards rushing to this team. Uh, it was 198 passing, 198 rushing. Yeah, um, they're leading rusher at six carries for 108 yards. Yeah. Um, so, again, when they get into these really big opponents, and, and a lot of people started to bring up, you know, next year, they're going to the Big Ten. Big Ten is so run-heavy. Yeah. You know, especially you look good like luck, Michigan. And good Ohio luck stop, stopping Blake Corum. Oh, wait, yeah. you, you got him tired? Guess what? They're going to put in the backup. It's just as good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if I really feel like if USC continues this trend, um, I don't think their defense coordinator makes it out of the season, let alone mm-hmm. making it to next season. Um, but still still some concerns there. But Caleb Williams still looked very impressive uh, doing yeah, video game-like things. Uh, so, I mean – I hope he stays healthy because I, I said this in the TikTok. Um, listen, I don't like USC. I'll never root for them. But you still got to respect the fact that he's the Heisman winner. And if you want to take the crown off of him, you want to do it when he's at full health. You know, you don't want him to go out there and play hurt half the season and his stats are down because of that. You know, you want to – it's like anything in sports. When, when you beat the best, you want them to be at their best. You don't want to say, you know, I knocked out Mike Tyson and he was 60 years old. That doesn't count. Humble guy also. I like the interview that he had done previously where they uh, said that he draws a lot of comparisons uh, from Patrick Mahomes when he played in college. And he had said that that's nice, but that he doesn't see any comparisons. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world right now with two Super Bowls. And he's Caleb Williams, who hasn't even won a college title. (laughs) I think I think I'd like him a lot more if he'd stop. He can paint his nails, whatever. But if he would stop putting like, fuck Utah and stuff like that on his nails, I'd be fine. Yeah, so uh, the next last game on this screen, uh, FIU, Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech held FIU to four yards passing, and (laughs) somehow they barely won this game. Uh, They also ran what I would call the stupidest two-point conversion play of all time. Uh, Like I I put that play up there with the the Colts' fake punt that they ran a couple years ago against the Patriots. It was just the dumbest thing I have ever watched. There was no numbers. There was nothing that said, and I respect trying to get put the ball in your best playmaker's hands. Do it in like a normal play. You, you don't need to have – they had way too many guys on the defensive line versus like three blockers, and there was no way it was ever going to work. And sure enough, it didn't. But uh, Louisiana Tech, with the comeback, um, I think they scored with a minute left. Yeah, a minute and one second left. They, they scored a touchdown on a 30-yard run. Uh, this is right after they missed the field goal uh, that would have given them the lead on their previous mm-hmm. position. Um but, I mean, a crazy game we talked about. We thought Louisiana Tech was going to run run away with this. I think the spread was 12 points, and we're like, oh, there's no way it's within 15. Or Rico was the one. We 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 were very generously all saying uh, LT here should should easily win this game. And then I had said that I was uh, debating if I wanted to take the 12-and-a-half over or spread. And he was like, that's all it is. I would hammer that. <laughs> And then I was like very like happy with that. Like I was like, oh, okay. So I add that to the parlay, you know, and unfortunately uh, FIU came to play. I mean, not their quarterback, but the rest of the team's yeah. defense. No, uh, let me get his full name here. Grayson James. Uh, Grayson James goes five of 14, four yards and one interception. Hank Bachmeyer, on the other hand, for Louisiana Tech. 34 of 44, 333 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, yeah, that's that is a, it's quite the stat line for two 
again, Division One FBS quarterback. Um, but who do you think the game ball goes to if they don't score with a minute left there? Like if if FIU wins, mm-hmm. do they just give the game ball to the running back who had like would, 15 carries for 140 I would, yards? Or I would or do you think they give it to the quarterback? Like here's your charity ball. Like uh, you got to touch the ball now four times more than your receivers did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I would definitely give that to the running back. I mean, almost 140 yard, 140 yeah. rushing yards. Yeah, I think he he deserved that. Yeah. Um, our last game uh, of the week, and again, like I said earlier, I really feel like this was the the best game of the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Hawaii and Vanderbilt, 35 to 28. Um, Vanderbilt was up 35 to 14, uh, and Hawaii went on one hell of a comeback. Um, they scored with 11 minutes left, and then again, just under five minutes left, they kicked the onside kick. They recovered the onside kick, but the guy's foot was like he fell on it. And as he fell on it, his foot was out of bounds. So the mm-hmm. ball went to Vanderbilt. So absolutely heartbreaking. But I mean, what a showing by Hawaii to fly, you know, not just across the country, but, you know, almost to the other side of the United States um, and go there in, in a not great environment because Vanderbilt, I don't think, is even in school yet. So that even when the Schools in session, not that many people go to Vanderbilt games. There's two and, ex- excavators or whatever they're called holding the scoreboard yeah. up. I mean, it's it's a war zone, basically. They left a fire pit to go to a <laughs> construction site. Yeah. Um, but if you look at Hawaii, Braden Schrager, uh, 27 to 35, 351 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, but at the end of the day, he threw two interceptions. That's what ultimately, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Swan for Vanderbilt also didn't have a terrible game. Three touchdowns, 258 yards. Um, I mean, this was a really fun game to watch. Vanderbilt, I think, took the second kickoff back for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so uh, Hawaii scored with uh, 713 left in the first quarter. Kicked off. Jaden McCowan, uh, McGowan, excuse me, took a 97 yard kickoff back to the house. Uh, so, I mean, this game had everything. And like I said, we had a zero yard punt. Um, you knew it was going to be an interesting game already just because Hawaii was traveling to it. And then you had a rain delay. Uh, you had scoreboards being held up by cranes. I mean, everything was a perfect recipe for just the, uh, the sickos game of the week. And it, that's what it turned out to be. And it was a lot of fun to watch. I, I can't believe I stayed up to watch it. I think it ended like after midnight. And I was so because <laughs> You know, woke up at six o'clock with my son on Saturday morning, get out of the tunnel. And then I just stayed up all day. Um, I was I was exhausted. Uh, let's go ahead and let's look at our awards. Or excuse me, sorry, we're gonna back up. Look at our cash out standings, pick 'em standings, and then the awards for this week. Uh, so cash out standings, I went two and zero. I took the Hawaii Vanderbilt over, and then I also took the uh, New Mexico State UMass over. I was criticized for that, and that hit, and I was like, okay, you know what? I, if I go one and one from here, I'm happy. Um, and then Hawaii and Vanderbilt just put up uh, some points there. I think I almost hit it at halftime, and then Hawaii made their little comeback. Or no, excuse me, going into the fourth quarter, I had hit it, uh, and then Hawaii made their comeback, and uh, you know I was set. So two and zero. Nick goes one and one. He took the Navy plus twenty and a half. Uh, I also do. I do forget what his other bet was. Um, and then you went one and one. So you want to talk about your day? Yeah, I mean, I, I started it out with I, I picked New Mexico uh, State to cover seven point spread. That's what it was. Yes, and then. Uh, that did not happen. UMass came out to play. And, and then the last one, I'm going to say it was a gimme. Uh, <laughs> 66 points. Uh, the over hit on that uh, in the third quarter, I believe, of the USC game. So that's very uh, 
Very nice. Uh, I just wrote Nick's other bet was he took Jacksonville State. I think it was plus that's one right. and a half. And that's yep. fucking they they win. So um let's look at our, our pick'em standings. Uh Nick takes the lead because of that. Uh everybody else pretty much picked in line from there. Um or I will say uh if you look at the bottom, it's not running right now, it's on the other ticker. I'll get going here in a minute. Um I'll I'll keep our updated Jack's Jack Wagon Jinx going down there. Um we're we're one and four, one for four so far. Uh but Nick leads the way in the pick'em standings at five and two. Uh you and I are tied at four and three. Uh so not the best week, but I mean hey, it, we're we're above five hundred. I'll take that every day. Um let's go ahead and look at the awards for week zero. Uh so you have best offense, best defense, uh, and best team overall. Uh so first up is the best offense award. Uh, our nominees, we got Notre Dame at four hundred forty total four hundred forty-four total yards. Four passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, no turnovers. USC uh, had 501 total yards, four pass, three touch or three rushing touchdowns, no turnovers. Louisiana Tech had 447 total yards, uh, one pass, one rush. They did have two turnovers though, and so the winner of that award is going to go to USC. Uh, One thing I should probably mention before we get too far into this: uh, you can be nominated for all the awards, but you can only win one. Uh, so USC can be nominated for another award, but they can only win uh, best offense. Now, uh, Slade, do you want to go over our nominees for best defense this week? Yeah. So best defense. Uh, again, we have two teams that were just on the best offense, had pretty good games. Notre Dame, 169 yards allowed, uh, three points allowed, zero turnovers. Quite the game that they put up against uh, Navy. Uh, we also had Jacksonville State with 364 yards allowed, 14 points allowed. They did give up three turnovers, or no, wait, they cost three turnovers, right? Yes. That's yeah. where we're looking at this, yeah. And then uh, Louisiana Tech with 182 yards allowed, 17 points allowed, but only one turnover. And our winner is Louisiana <laughs> Tech with or, uh, 182 yards allowed, the 17 points allowed, and the one turnover. I think the thing that put me over on them was just the fact that they come back. Passing yards. Well, just yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that was one pass. Yeah, their, their their leading receiver had one reception for four <laughs> yards. <laughs> um, so the next award is for best team. Um, the nominees are Notre Dame, Louisiana Tech, and San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State stats. We'll look at that real quick. Um, like I said earlier, uh, they gave up 380 yards, 13 points. Uh, they did cause three turnovers uh, on offense. They had 309 yards. They had two rushing t- or two passing touchdowns, and then they did have one turnover. Uh, but I, I don't think it was really close. The best team in the week was Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. I think they, they had them covered uh, from front to back, uh, and that, that's how they were able to come out on top over Navy. Um, before we get into looking at Thursday and Friday games, I uh, want to remind you, Out of the Tunnel, week one will be live on Saturday morning, 9 a.m., uh, YouTube and X, Twitter. Um, as always, you know, we're making our, our go over our headlines, game picks, cash out picks, and we'll do some trivia this week. We had to cut it out last week. Uh, and don't want to this Rico here or anything, but didn't realize the interview was going to take that long. I mean, it was a great interview, but a lot of fun with that. So, again, if you want to check that out, go look at that it's on our YouTube. Um, we, we rightfully, you right, we rightfully cut the fat from, from yeah. the, uh, yeah, from absolutely. The show. <laughs> yeah. If I was going to cut anything, I was going to cut the trivia rather than game picks yeah. or anything like that. Uh, game of the week this week is going to be LSU versus Florida State in Orlando. Uh, I mean, two top five teams. It, that's going to be a or top ten teams, I should say. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and that is our game of the week. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's get into our 
looking at the games for this week, uh, Thursday and Friday games. Um, first up, we have North Carolina State at UConn. This will be 7.30 p.m. tonight uh, on CBSSN. Uh, Nick is going to go with North Carolina State. Slade, who do you got for this one? Yeah, I'm going with NC State as well. I think that they're going to have a, a pretty good offense. Um, I think that they're going to go through a learning process with their defense to start the season here, but I think it's enough to win against UConn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm going with NC State too. I have major questions with Brendan Armstrong being their quarterback and then bringing over the offensive coordinator from Virginia to be their new offensive coordinator. But, um, I mean, I think they're going to get eased into it week one here. UConn is no you know pushover team, as we saw last year. Uh, but I think NC State just has the, the better athletes and the better experience to mm-hmm. handle this game. I think they should be fine. Uh, next game we have is Florida at number 14, Utah, number 10 in the Jack Wagon Sports Poll. Uh, this will be 8 p.m. on ESPN tonight. Uh, Nick is going to go with Utah. Slate, who do you got? I went with Utah as well. I do want to bring up that uh, I think it's crazy that some stat came out that it's been since like the 1930s that Florida has played a uh, ranked out of conference. 1991, actually. Oh, is it 90s? Okay. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's crazy that it's... Oh, I, I didn't it's see a... even ranked. I just saw the last time that they played um, not ranked home. non-conference uh, away football game or something like that. With a, uh, What was it? Do you remember what it was? I forget. Uh, I, I just saw the one that said the last time Florida played uh, a non-conference road game to start the, the season or whatever it was, yeah. 1991, when they played at yeah. Syracuse. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm going to go with Utah as well. I do not have high hopes for Florida this season. I think that Vanderbilt might be a better team in the SEC than them. Uh, and again, I, Utah is my pick to win the Big 12, so I'm going to go with Utah. Um, I don't think it's really going to be that close either. Uh, let's Pac- go ahead. Pac-12, right? Pac-12, sorry. What, what, did I say Big 12? Next year you got them yeah, for the Big yeah, 12. Yeah, next year. We'll lock next it year, in. Though, we'll lock it in. Yeah, um, I mean – Texas will be gone, so I don't have to worry about them yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, They'll be on their next national game. championship parade. <laughs> <laughs> next game they're, is Nebraska. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next game is Nebraska at Minnesota. This will be 8 p.m. on Fox. I tell you what, I think this is the game I'm most excited for tonight. Um, if I keep mixing up tomorrow and tonight, it's because yeah, yeah. I'm recording this on Wednesday, and I, I, we're posting it Thursday morning. Um, so if you hear me go back and forth, that's fine. But – Regardless, uh, Nebraska at Minnesota, 8 p.m. Thursday night on Fox. I'm most excited for this game because I get to hear Gus Johnson on my television again. Uh, that That is what I am most excited for. Uh, Nick is going to go with Minnesota. Slade, who do you got this one? I'm going to follow up Minnesota as well. I think that uh, – what's his name, Fleck? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's got the locker room under control now. I think that there's not going to be any sort of uh, – internal affair investigations or anything like that going on. I, I think that your pick is family-based, but <laughs> whatever. It, it is slightly. I'm going to go with Nebraska, but it, it's also because um, I, I've been seeing this. Matt Rule. <laughs> no, the, like uh, Nebraska documentary, like they're, they're documenting the whole like summer yeah. camp. They're posting on TikTok, and I shouldn't, but 
I'm buying into the hype off of that, and I can't help Did it. Did you see what just happened to one of their star replete people they got? Uh, yeah, the tight end. It wasn't sure if he was going to be able to play this year anyway because they were trying to get him a He's waiver. definitely not now. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, no, now, now he is not going to play. But for, I think Nebraska – I think this is still going to be a tight game, especially with it being week one. Uh, yeah. you know, there's going to a lot of kinks in both teams to work out. I, I am a big fan of Matt Rule at the college level. At the professional level, he was not very good, but neither was Nick Saban. So yeah. uh, I am not calling Matt Rule the next Nick Saban. I just want to make that clear. I'm just saying. Walk it in. We heard it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, give me Nebraska on the road. Why not? Week one. Next game we got is on Friday. This will be Central Michigan at Michigan State, uh, 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Nick's got to go with Michigan State. Slate, who do you got in this one? Yeah, I think the same thing. I think that uh, Michigan State can have a, a less than mediocre year, uh, and I still think that they should reasonably beat Central Michigan just based on uh, their ability to recruit and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Michigan State as well. Um, one, one thing, uh, Peyton Thorne has left Michigan State. He's not going to be the quarterback this year. He was definitely somebody that I felt like held that program back as a whole last year. I wasn't very high on him. Uh, Mel Tucker signed this huge extension before last season and then went out there, didn't even make a bowl game. Uh so he needs to quickly uh, silence some doubters. And so hopefully he can get that going in week one here, uh, playing Central Michigan at home. We'll say Michigan State usually struggles early in the season against in-state schools, especially like Central Michigan, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan. So I think this is going to be closer than what some people think, uh, but I think Michigan State should be able to handle them. It might take them like a quarter or two to get it going, but they should have the talent there to, to beat up on Central uh, next game, just talked about one of these teams is uh, Stanford at Hawaii. This will be Friday night, 11 p.m. Uh, I don't think I'm staying up for this one, but we'll see. I'll be home alone. So uh, <laughs> this will be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Nick is going to go with Stanford. Uh, Slade, who do you got in this one? I really liked what I saw out of Hawaii this past week. I think aside from the two interceptions that their QB throw, threw, he had a really great game against a really good Vanderbilt team. Uh, so I'm going to go with Hawaii here over Stanford. Yeah, um, I am going to do the exact same and for the exact same reasons. And I, I think if you look at Stanford and Hawaii in terms of talent, I think, or excuse me, Stanford and Vanderbilt in terms of talent, I think Vanderbilt is far ahead of where Stanford's at right now. Stanford also has a brand new head coach. I think it's going to take time for that team as a whole to kind of gel in a play in a game style situation. It's one thing to go through months and months of practice, spring ball, summer camp, all that stuff. But the moment you line up across from another team and you're going live, full speed, 100%, it always takes a little bit, especially under a brand-new head coach. Um, and so I, I think why coming off week zero and playing so well and, again, coming this close to having a shot to go down there and win that game, I think that that's going to give Hawaii the edge in this. Uh, and so I'm going to take Hawaii uh, to upset uh, Stanford. I say upset. I, I need to look at the spread. I wonder what that is. Uh, Hawaii is probably honestly favorite at this point. Uh, last thing we're going to do on this uh, today's episode is we're going to do a, uh, a movie-style draft, uh, NFL-style draft for, for football movies. Um, so, Slade, since you're technically the guest, um, <laughs> actually, here you won Pick'em last year, so I will give you uh, honors, and you can have first pick of um, your favorite or what you think the best uh, football movie is. All right. Uh I'm going to go with Varsity Blues as my number one. 
I I think that uh, it, it's it was this and another one that I was between, but I was kind of feeling based on before the podcast we were talking. You didn't really comment when I mentioned that this movie, so I was trying to take one from you. Um, yeah, first, that would have been my number two pick if it was okay. still there. Uh, and just real quick, back to Stanford, Hawaii. Uh, three and Stanford's a half points. Yeah, favored by three and a half. Uh, if you look at the uh, matchup predictor, Stanford's 55% to 45%. I'm still thinking Hawaii. Um, my first pick is going to be Friday Night Lights. I think that's the best the, the best football movie made. I, I prefer that over um, Remember the Titans, but I'm going to take Friday Night Lights first. All right. Uh, for my second one, uh, well, in Friday Night Lights, I, that was my other thing that I was going back and forth with. So um, I, I think for my other one, I'm going to do We Are Marshall. Uh, I think that <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I, I keep going between one and two. So you're going to pick the one that I was going between for this one also probably. But I, I just think that it's, it's one that everyone can get behind. I think yeah. that it's probably the reason – Anytime Marshall plays someone that there's relevance <laughs> to this day. So uh, I, that's why I had to go with that one. Um, I mean, I need to take it then. I'm going to take Remember the Titans. Uh, I thought for sure that would be either your number one or your number two pick. Uh, so I'll take Remember the Titans for my number two pick. Um, yeah, so uh, my next one going back and forth between two uh not gonna be the blind side <laughs> i'm gonna go with the replacements <laughs> okay. um, shane shane falco uh yeah. <laughs> you can't get better television than that for the third yeah. round i think um my number three i'm gonna take any given sunday i think like it all like, like it Pure football-wise, I think that's one of the best movies. The storyline with Billy Beeman and the head coach and all that stuff. Uh, and then the ending. I love the ending when the head coach gets you know, a job at another team and he takes Willie Beeman with him. Um, I I, I'm going to take that as my number three. It's a very good movie. Um, I was kind of going back and forth between two. One that's kind of like an older-style movie and another one that's kind of like a goofy-style movie. I'm going to go with radio as my fourth okay. one i don't think that that was one that you were going to pick so I, I had it on my list just in case you took all my other picks yeah but that, it's okay I, I still got other picks i like um, it. it's a heartfelt one uh maybe not with today's times now yeah but yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think that movie would be allowed to be made today yeah yeah having somebody who actually had that disability um now i'm torn to my number four because i know if, if i don't take one you're going to take it and then i'm going to have to find another movie but I really like this other movie at number four. Just so you don't take it, I'm going to take The Waterboy at four. Okay, okay. I was very surprised by that. I I, I thought you were going to take one that you probably grew up watching, being that your family's huge Notre Dame fans. I'm not going to take uh, that movie. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Rudy. I don't think uh, that's a good movie. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to take that. I'm going to go with... Uh, the longest yard. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Um, my, my fifth and final pick, I'm going to take the program. Um, I mean, okay, let me, let me back up here for a second. I shouldn't say Rudy's not a good movie. I just think that there's 10 better football movies ahead of it, um, especially since it 
ever since it's been made, it, it, like Joe Montana, who was on that team, has come out and been like, yeah, that that story is like not nothing like it. Yeah, and, like he did get carried off the field, but it was like a joke. Like you know, it wasn't this, this sentimental moment for the team. He's like, I never walked in and put my jersey on the desk or any of that. Um, I mean, it's a good story, but I feel like there's ten better football movies, and that, those are the ten I had. So, um, Slade, so your top five was Varsity Blues, We Are Marshall, uh, The Replacements, Radio, and then The Longest Yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, my top five, I took Friday Night Lights, Remember the Titans, um, Any Given Sunday, The Water Boy, and then The Program. I knew if I didn't take The Water Boy, I thought you were going to take that for sure. Because I was like, I need to take that up. What is the movie with I I'm blanking on and you might have said it uh the one with Mark Wahlberg where he tries out for uh, Invincible Invincible okay yeah. yeah that's yeah that's another another good one I feel that I, don't know. I, I guess that does focus a lot on football too so. I I saw a TikTok of it today that's what made me think of it yeah uh so that'll do it for our draft this week we look forward to doing one of these every week um but like I we said earlier mentioned many times don't forget please join us Saturday morning uh 9 a.m. on here on YouTube or on our Twitter, uh, out of the tunnel is going to be live. And if you miss it, if you you're a college game day diehard, listen, we get it. But it's okay. You can come back and watch those videos anytime. Uh, we really appreciate everybody that watched this last week. Far exceeded our you know our debut last year. And like I said, it's currently ranked our number two viewed uh, live episode ever. Um, so we thank you everybody for the support. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode. We will see you next week. We'll break down all those week one games we're going to cover on Out of the Tunnel and to get you ready for the week two games as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you guys there. Thank you for everything, and see you in the next episode.